Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for Save News TV. This is what's going on in Israel. I um, want to first, before I even get in the show, before I do any house cleaning, is to pray for this live and for you and for everyone. How are you doing today, Callie? I'm good. Okay, so we're going to go up in prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We glorify you. We magnify you. We exalt your name on high. For you are the great I am, the many-breasted one, O Lord God. There is none like you in heaven nor in earth, O Father God. We bless your holy name. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise. We come into your gates with thanksgiving, O Lord God. Thanking you for all the things that you have done, all the things that you're doing, and all the things that you're going to do, Father God. How magnificent is your name, O Lord God. We bless you this heavenly day, O Father. And Lord God, we lift up this broadcast. We lift up everyone watching the broadcast, Lord God, whether they're live or whether they're mm -hmm. on replay, Heavenly Father, we ask your divine protection, a hedge of protection be placed around them, Lord God. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we thank you for all that you do, all that you are, Heavenly Father. We ask you to bind the stronghold of the enemy right now mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, for you said that you rebuke the devil, Lord God. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord God, for rebuking the enemy, Father God, for our sake, O Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, Father, for your mighty, mighty, mighty hand, for you being the double-edged sword, O Father God, for you being the high and mighty, O God. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the great I am, the many-breasted one, O Heavenly Father. You are to be glorified in heaven and in earth. There is none like you, O Lord God. And we bless and praise your name, oh, Father God. We thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that your word would be put, come forth today, oh, Lord. And, Lord, that nothing out of Callie's or my mouth, Lord God, will be anything that other than edifying you, oh, Heavenly Father, that you guide our lips, that you guide our tongue, Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we pray for those, again, that, that are watching, Father. Meet them at their need, oh, Lord God. We thank you, we glorify you, and we magnify your name this day. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. 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 Okay. Well, first of all, I, um, again, I said good morning. In, in the event today, we were talking about the um, enemies of God. And in the event that we get to some, um, some other topics, we will do that. But and I also want to address, as I was sharing with you last night we came into first of all we came in last night on exposing the devil and demonic gateways through demonic gateways we went into the enemy's camp and we towed that down we tore it down and he got mad and he attacked me last night on air um i was sick i would tell and encourage everyone to go back and watch the um live from last night and um mascara running <laughs> the live <laughs> last night um going and and i'm here to tell you that the lord gave me the victory that last night but in in it was it was something beyond what my the way i felt physically was beyond mm -hmm. what i have ever felt in my life and i just want to thank god 
for delivering me and giving us the victory and showing us how to war in the spirit. If, if you are being attacked by the enemy, do not let the enemy have any room. Immediately begin to war in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I just thank God for him, um, for uh, having Apostle Carmina Cox with me last night. Mm -hmm. uh, she warred in the spirit for me. I know the viewers that was on warred in the spirit for me. And um, it's just like last week when we did the show Enemies of God. Um, how the enemy's enemy was attacking you and how mm -hmm. and while you were with your children and how you took authority over it it's right. important is it not Callie to oh, yeah. immediately take mm -hmm. authority over the situation mm -hmm. yes yes and so um I I just I just wanted to encourage everyone as always First of all, have Yeshua as your Lord and personal Savior. Mm -hmm. If you do not know him, ask him to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, you, that you know that he died on the cross for you. He rose in three days and he sits at the right hand of the Father. So ask the Lord, come into my heart, be my Lord and personal Savior. And then go and tell, it's simple as that. And then go tell somebody that you belong to the kingdom of God. Because mm -hmm. when you say that prayer, do you know the word of God says the angels in heaven rejoice? So the angels in heaven rejoice when you come into the kingdom of God. And it's just that simple. So, Kathy, um, I'm going to read the um, copyright issue just in case disclaimer. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowances made for fair use for purposes of criticism, comment, teaching, education, scholarship and research fair use is a use permitted by the copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing nonprofit educational or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use all right Callie let's get into it let's get it baby let's get okay. it <laughs> let's continue to go into this camp and and, and tear him down he come up here today he definitely you know we are that <laughs> That's why it's important. I mean, I, I'm, I'm jumping back, but that's why it's important for us to be prayed up. Mm. Always, you know, if you can, you know, not if you can, you should. Uh, when the Lord leads you, be pray fast and 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 fast. Um, make sure that that you read the word, stay in the word, because you never know when there be an attack and you need to respond. <laughs> so today, um, Callie, share with the audience what, who and what we're talking about. Um, well, do you want to get to our peoples or do we want to talk a little news at all? Now that news is going to stay to the end if we get to it at all. We, we, we are definitely about the enemy's camp this day. This okay. day. This day. He had, look, girl, I cannot tell you how bad I felt last night. That man, yeah. that, that that devil made me mad. And so <laughs> if, if, you know, he feels, you know, that, that that's the way to go. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's just yeah. do it. Well, I'm yeah. looking forward to watching that show later today. Um, I was telling AZ before we came on, I, I had a really busy day today. Um, I do a women's meeting um, twice a month. And today was one of our meeting days. So I've literally been out of the house all day long. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a rainy day. 
I will definitely I link um, the show from last night in the description and uh, the I can I, I did not have the link to part two but I do have the link to uh, part one part one began the um, the teardown and um, part two you, you know this is the channels you'll be able to see part two if you go to the YouTube channel mm -hmm. but uh, yeah yeah so it's all about his discomfort now let's expose yeah. him and open father open the spiritual eyes of everyone that sees this video in yeshua's name go ahead mm -hmm. okay well we're continuing on in our study on the peoples of god and specifically we're looking at some of the enemies of god um from psalm 83 so if you're new to the show we've been studying this psalm the peoples of this psalm um and there's different theories about the psalm possibly being a prophecy of a war that has not yet happened. Um, there are some theories that the war did happen already and it was fulfilled in um, Second Chronicles 20, although the that passage only lists three of the peoples and this lists 10. Um, the mentoring that Devin and I sat under from um, Eliyahu Ben-Haim, who was the um, chairman of Intercessors for Israel, he had sort of an idea that it was being fulfilled at present. I think that's the best way to describe it. He's since passed away. So I can't go back and ask him more questions. <laughs> really miss him. He's really a spiritual father to us. Um, but he's the first person who brought this psalm to my attention. And uh, so we've been using it to go through these different people groups to get a better understanding of what's happening in the Middle East today. And, um, to learn about the ancient history of the different peoples here in the region. So um, if you look at verses five through eight, they list the 10 peoples. They're Edom, Ishmaelites, Moab, Hagrites, uh, Gebal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, Tyre, and Ashur. And so far we've covered Edom, who are the descendants of Esau. The Ishmaelites are the descendants of um, Ishmael and um, the Arab people today, the Moabites and the Hagrites. And so now today we are going to do um, Gebal. So um, I've actually really been enjoying this study. I, what's been amazing to me about it is how you could take one people group and just expand so much on God's word and really mine it for the truths that are there. Um, and just to see, you know, it just, it's amazing to me how one small word can grow into such a deep study. So this has been really, yeah. Right. So this has been really, really exciting and fun for me. Actually, I've enjoyed my study times. <laughs> okay. So who are the uh, Gebelites? Um, all right, so the Gebelites are a people who inhabited a city on the Mediterranean Sea in the foothills of what is present-day Lebanon. Um, the city itself was called Gebal, and sometimes in Greek it was called Byblos, and presently the city is called uh, Jebel by the Arab people. Um, it's considered to be the oldest inhabited city in the world, which is really interesting, I think. And it's also 
um, currently like it's located north of Beirut in Lebanon on the coast there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the city itself was the principal city of the civilization of the Phoenicians. And it was regarded as a holy city for the idolatry that took place there. Um, and it's possible that Gebal came from the Phoenician word that means the well of God. So it was really a renowned city for, for the idol worship that happened. Um, in the Phoenician culture, a lot of times they identified with the city that they were from. So uh, if the people was from, we're going to talk about other Phoenicians in this study later, like the people of Tyre, they were also Phoenicians. And Phoenicians are actually Canaanites, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. um, so they identified as, they identified from the title of the city that they were from. That's why I'm talking about the city a bit. Um, and so, also, go mm -hmm. ahead. No, you had. Go ahead. And also in the word in um, Joel, I mean, Joshua, I'm sorry, 13.5. Um, it was stating that the land of Jabal was given to the Israel. Israel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Okay, what happened good. I don't know whether you had that up or not. Yeah. But yeah. We'll ahead. talk about that and what happened. But yeah, that's that starts to get really interesting. And it actually answers some questions about some things that are going on in the earth today. So we'll get there. Okay. So. There's some specific things that the Bible says about the um, Gebelites. So if we could go to 1 Kings 5.18, this is one place where they occur in scripture. Um, it says here, so Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gebal did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. So here we see that the people of Gebal were... Um, skillful craftsmen and they actually helped um build the temple when solomon was building the temple they were recruited for that process and further in that passage or up a little bit higher in that passage it explains that solomon drafted a labor force to go up into what's present-day lebanon um he sent thirty thousand men and they stayed in lebanon for a month and then they came home for two months it says and they worked with the Gebelites to um, prepare the stone and the timber for the house of the Lord. Um, we also know in Ezekiel 27, 9, if you could go there. It says here, um, and this is a lament for Tyre. So eventually we're going to cover Tyre. Um, but they also were Phoenicians who were Canaanites. The elders of Gebal and her Guild men were with you, caulking your seams. All the ships of the sea with their mariners were in, were to barter, <clears throat> were in you to barter for your waves, or for your wares. Sorry. Um, so they refer here to the some some versions talk about them as being wise, um, depending on what version of the Bible you're using or what translation you're using. It refers to them as the wise men of Gebal, the elders of Gebal. But they were they were renowned craftsmen, basically, and they were merchants. So that's how they became quite a civilization is, is through um, trade. Um, so the Phoenicians, they had an empire 
and it was built on trade and it expanded throughout the whole of the Mediterranean region. They went, they had colonies as far as Spain and North Africa. Um, and eventually their civilization fell to Rome. Um, so they are again, actually Canaanites and um, the Canaanites are descendants of Noah's son, Ham from Genesis 10, six. Um, the other sons of Ham would be Cush, who is Ethiopia and Sudan, the Ethiopians and the Sudanese, Egypt, Put, um, and Canaan. So those were the descendants of, um, of Noah through Ham. And so that's where they originally came from. Um, the Canaanites are also one of seven people groups that the Lord commanded Israel to drive out and destroy. So let's go to Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 5 real quick. Okay, so read this to you, see what it says about the Canaanites here. Yes. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. For they would run, or, or sorry, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and would destroy you quickly. But Thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash into pieces their pillars and chop down their asherim and burn their carved images with fire. So the Lord's very clear here that he doesn't want these people in the land. He doesn't want Israel intermarrying with them um, or entering into any type of covenant with them. And the reason for that is because of their idolatry. And he doesn't want Israel, the set apart nation, to make agreement with them and their idolatry. Well, and he is not just that he did not want them in the land. He wanted them gone, period. So yes. he said to utterly destroy them. Destroy them. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice because in the event, you know, they, they'll come back to, to, to create havoc in the world. <laughs> so, right. Right. And um, so also, you know, about the graven images and, and the idolatry of their people, no intermarrying, do not even uh, entertain being a part of the of what they're doing, you know. Right. Yeah. And then it reaffirms this again in Deuteronomy 16 or Deuteronomy 20, 16 through 18. It says, but in the cities of these people that, that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes. You shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanite, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded, that they may not teach you to do according to their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, so that you sin against the Lord your God. So the Lord's very clear here in his instructions 
that Israel's to destroy them, to not have anything to do with them. They're not even to take their plunder. They're to like completely destroy, destroy these people. Um, yeah. And then go to Numbers 33. Uh, we look yeah, at. We're going to go back and talk about this destruct, total, utterly destruction here, because yeah. it's important for for us to do that. Right. So um, Numbers 33, 55 through 56 says, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. So there's a consequence here if they don't destroy them. These people are going to become a thorn in their side. It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, well, it's not funny. It's God that um, you read this passage as far as in, in my in my Bible here, I have the part underlined. Let me see if you can see it. Let me see if it'll focus. Yeah. And the part <laughs> that's, that's underlined is the part that says thorns in your side mm. what are the thorns in your side of your life whatever right. it is you need to utterly what did he say destroy sure. it <laughs> don't don't play with it don't take a piece of it utterly destroy it but go ahead Kelly. <laughs> go ahead Kelly. <laughs> okay so now let's get to joshua 13 5. this is the passage that you were referencing before Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so this passage, um, it it's describing the land that's still to be conquered by Joshua at the time where he took over after Moses died. Um, verse 5 actually starts in the middle of a sentence, but it's specifically, the reason this was important to point out is that it specifically calls out the land of the Gebelites and all of Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebohath. Um so, okay, so let's go up. I don't I don't you know a little bit. Start. Yeah where does the sentence start? Okay. I'll just okay. start with verse one. Yeah start at verse one. Yeah. Okay now Joshua was old and advanced in years and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all of those of the um, Geshurites from the Sihor, which is the east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron, it is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and those of Avim in the south, all the land of the Canaanites and the Mirah that belong to the Sidon. Sidon, uh, Sidonians and Aphek to the boundary of the Amorites and the land of the Gebelites and all Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Labohath, Labohamath and all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to the Mis, um, Mispoth, uh, Misrapoth Maim and all the Sidon Sidonian, Sidonians, I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. Only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance, as I have commanded you. 
Now, therefore, divide this land for inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. Oh, those ites are a mouthful. <laughs> yes, yes, yikes. it's ites, ites. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, it's wonderful that God has defined the land that belonged to Israel. Yes. So there's yes, no... You know, Genesis 15, 18 is one, one place where it, where it describes the boundaries of Israel as running from the, the Nile River, the river of Egypt into the Euphrates. Mm -hmm. So um, Israel's actually never inhabited all of the land that God has given to the children of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That hasn't happened and I'm not sure that it will happen in this age. It might be before, it might be that it doesn't happen until Yeshua returns, that all of that is designated as Israel proper um, in the millennial kingdom. Um, but there's a reason for this. There's a reason that this happened. <laughs> so um, we can see what happened here if you go to Judges 2, 19 through 23. See, find where I've got it marked. I've got all these tabs in my Bible. <laughs> so you show your study, mm -hmm. right? Except for this one for judges. Where did it go, Joshua? Okay, I'll start reading it, and when you find it, I'll pick it up. Okay. And it came to pass when okay. the judges were was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following either gods to serve them and to how and to bow down unto them they ceased not from their own doing mm -hmm. nor from their stubborn ways you want to pick up on 20 you got sure. it mm -hmm. go ahead so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he said, because of this, people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice. I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died in order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the ways of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. And then if you skip down to verse 3 of chapter 3, it says, These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites who lived on Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon as far as Labo Hamath. For they were the, the testing of Israel to know whether Israel would obey the commands of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And their daughters took to them, and, and their daughters they took to themselves for wives, and their own daughters they gave to their sons, and they served their gods. So here we find out why. These people are still in existence and why Israel hasn't inhabited the full expanse of the land that the Lord promised them because of their disobedience at the time of the judges. Um, 
the Lord said he would not drive out the people. So they did not have the hand of God on them to war with the people. And the Lord left them to be that thorn in the flesh in order to test the nation of Israel. And yeah. And, and, you know, he said utterly destroy. There wouldn't be (laughs) anyone left to be a thorn if, they followed the if they had done it right they, but at the yes. same time he's preventing them he's not he's not giving them the anointing to do it because of their disobedience exactly so, yeah so they weren't able to do it and they had to feel the consequences of their disobedience and those are consequences that we're feeling even today because um some of the studying that i did said that the um lebanese people have a really high percentage of dna um showing that they are from they have descended from the Canaanites. So most of the Lebanese people today are Canaanite descendants. Um, and I would imagine since they had colonies all up and down the Mediterranean, you know, a lot of people are their descendants. But we've had a lot of problems with Lebanon. We've had since the state of Israel, the modern state of Israel was formed, we've had two wars with Lebanon and um, we regularly get missiles in from Lebanon. Um, Iran has proxies there as well as in Syria. So they've continued to this day to be a thorn in Israel's side. Um, So um, I did want to look at where Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh real quick. So let's just turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Okay, so Paul here. And remember, this passage is when he talks about going up into um, the heavens and the Lord giving him revelation. And so he's basically telling us that the Lord, he had such profound revelation that the Lord put this thorn in his side for humility. He says in verse seven, so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Messiah may rest upon me. For the sake of Messiah, then I am content with the weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. So we see here that Paul has this thorn in his, in his flesh, in his side, And the Lord has put it there to keep him from being conceited so that he would stay in a humble state. And that's essentially what's happened with the Canaanites and the other, the other six nations there that that Israel didn't drive out is that the Lord was using them to keep Israel humble um, because of their disobedience. It's a little different because Paul didn't have disobedience here. He just had profound revelation, but it's the same concept of something being used to keep the people in a humble state in a humble posture. Um, So a thorn in scripture, um, you know, going back to Genesis 3, 17 and 18, the thorn, it it represents a curse, right? Because that's what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. The land was cursed, not just Adam and Eve um, as, um, you know, broken before the Lord and then obtaining a sin nature, but also the earth, like the earth was also cursed and affected by sin. And part of the curse of the earth was that it would bear thorns. 
Um, but Isaiah 55, 13 is a really beautiful passage. Let's look at that real quick, that, that one verse. Um, it says here, instead of the thorn, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Um, so this is kind of a, you know, hearkening on the beauty for ashes idea that the Lord is going to take the thorns and make them into cypress. Um, so we go back again to first Kings five. When we're looking at the temple here, um, in verse eight, it tells us that um, when they're talking about when they're working on building the temple, it says, and Hiram sent to Solomon saying, I have heard the message that you have sent to me. I'm ready to do all you to do all you desire in the matter of cedar and cypress timber. My servants shall bring it down to you from the sea of Lebanon, and I will make it into rafts and go to the sea, um, to the place, I'm going to pull my tab off, you direct, and I will have them broken up there and you shall receive it. And you shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar and cypress that he desired. So we see here that the Lord is building his temple with cedar and they're getting cedar from Lebanon. And this is the same passage where we read verse 18, that the builders that were commissioned were the men of Gebal. So they did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. So I think that what was happening in the construction of the, of the temple here, remember I'm an architect, so I like this kind of thing, but what's yeah. happening in the construction of the temple here, um, is a, a very real object lesson of Psalm, or I mean, sorry, of um, Isaiah 55, 13, that these people that God ordained to be a thorn in the flesh were providing the cypress to build the temple of the Lord. Uh, so there's something kind of redemptive about that. So they had a time, the Canaanite people here, they had a time where they were in a peaceful relationship with Israel and they were working with Israel, but it it wasn't it wasn't permanent. You know, Psalm eighty three is telling us that it's going to come back again, and they're going to be a, a people who are warring with the nation of Israel, and we've seen that in present day. Um, so let's just go back to Psalm eighty three, and we can close out there. Um, the last time we talked about, I talked about the Hebrew word za'ak, which means to cry out. And um, the psalm at the, the end of Psalm 83, that's what's happening. The psalmist, Asaph, he's crying out. He's saying, oh my God, make them like whirling dust, like a chaff before the wind, as fire consumes the forest, as the flame sets the mountains ablaze. So may you pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your hurricane. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be put to shame and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace. that They may know that, that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. So the, the Lord basically used these 10 peoples here, one of which... The, you know, the Gabal who we're talking about today, who was a thorn in the flesh, thorn in the side, um, to humble them to the point that they would cry out to the Lord and ask him to move on behalf of the nation so that um, 
he would defeat these enemies and that um, that the peoples, the nations of the earth would seek the Lord, that they would seek his face. So the psalm is, is showing how um, it shows how that process will unfold over time. Like the thorn, what the Lord ordained to be the thorn in the flesh because of the disobedience, eventually it's going to become the cypress in the sense that it's producing the humility that causes the people to cry out to the Lord. Okay, so that's all I have on on uh, on um, Gabal. You have anything to add? Well, I just you know I see a lot of types and shadows parallels mm -hmm. from um, the other teachings that we did uh, from the other group. In one thing that has resonated throughout is that God gives Israel specific instructions for each people group. Mm. And if those aren't adhered to, then, then there's issues later on. Mm. Um, and disobedience is what caused, the disobedience of Israel is what caused the people to not receive the full blessing of God. Right. Right. And one thing I've noticed, too, is that if you think that the Canaanites, they descended from Noah and Noah was righteous. That's why his family was spared is because of his righteousness, because he walked with God. Um, but his descendants did not all walk with God. And I think as a mom, that's something that really. It puts the fear of the Lord in me, like to think um, that I have a responsibility to make sure my children are raised in the faith. And that they are taught the truth of God's word. Um, and that can't guarantee that they're all going to choose to walk with the Lord. But something went wrong at some point. Well, um, one thing that the word says is teach a child in the ways that he should go. And when he get mm -hmm. old, he shall not depart. So right. somewhere, you know, we're not going to blame God for any of this because he's yeah. not a liar and his word is true. Somewhere, some part of something with Noah and in, in you know, or the descent, you know, the parents of the, the generations down, um, there was something that was skipped, that wasn't taught, that was missed. Uh, and so that's why you have what you have, um, because he says, if you teach them in that way, they shall not depart. Right. And um you know, God is not a liar and it could be, you know, just the oversight. And, you know, you have to um, know that God will have things happen for his glory. So, mm -hmm. you know, it definitely is. A, there's a reason. Yeah, definitely. It's like somewhere in the family line, someone decided that worshiping the idol was more appealing than worshiping the God of their fathers. And, and I'm going to give you a parallel to today. You know, people read the Bible mm -hmm. and God says, let, let, let's just use um, an example. Thou shall not fornicate. OK, mm -hmm. we'll just use this as an example. Some instructions that God gives and use and people say, well, or let's use tithe or something like that or whatever. And people say, well, you know, I know it says that in the Bible, but I believe right. You know, my opinion Mm -hmm. is that I don't have to do that. I, not me, uh, I don't believe that. And so it doesn't get taught to their children. 
Mm. And there, there, there's there's that gap. There's that door, that open door for the enemy to come in. And any um, thing that you teach your child against the word, let me put it like this, <laughs> my pocket Bible, anything that you uh, teach your children or fail to teach your children, um, you are opening a gateway, a door for the enemy to come into their lives because it hasn't been taught because god said that if you teach them in the way that they should go when they get old they shall not depart right they'll come so, back so yeah. your opinion you know as, as as much as we all have an opinion it does not matter because your opinion doesn't matter it's what god says and that's mm -hmm. for all of us not just you uh not just me it is for all of us whatever god says is what we need to be doing in our opinion mm -hmm. really doesn't matter <laughs> right <laughs> especially if it's against the word of god yeah exactly <laughs> you have to think biblically about things and pass that on to the next generation and not just parents i mean those of you who are um you know az single but she's invested in my children yeah and, those are my babies <laughs> yeah <laughs> they love her gotta um, love them you guys can be spiritual aunts and uncles and, you know, invest in the next generation. But that's one thing as we've been going through this, it's just interesting to see. I mean, Ishmael was one of Abraham's sons and he departed from the way of his father. Um, Esau departed, his his descendants departed, departed from the way of their fathers. Um, there's consequences for that. And the civilizations that that came about um, through those consequences were ungodly. You know, they were idolatrous peoples of the nations. And, um, you know, that's, that's just something. Critical. That... It's, it's critical to um, have the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is there to lead God and protect you. And, right. and, and things that you might even overlook or miss. And even if you didn't go into an in-depth as a parent um, for parents, and if you didn't go in in depth, if you mention it or if you brought them to a place where it was taught, those things are are in their spirit. And when they are needed, the Holy Spirit will bring them up. That kara, yes. karnabi, you yes. will bubble up in yes. their spirit from their belly. Right. And um, so it's important, like you stated, uh, not you know, parents is is ultimately responsible. Then mm -hmm. you know that's it. But they're responsible for putting them in your children in an environment where they can learn things, whether it's from you or from others that's according to the word of God. You mm -hmm. know, whether it be uh, church or whether it be the synagogue, whether it be, like you said, the aunties and the uncles mm -hmm. and, and people in your life that you know that has the word of God in their mouth. And when they, you, they speak to their, your children, they speak in life. They're praying for your children. They, you know, even in their general conversation, they're speaking and talking the word of God, you know. Right. Yeah. And so that investment in the next generation is just critical because that, that you know, where that missed a step somewhere um, is what led to all of these nations who were idolatrous coming about. And exactly. thankfully, in Messiah Yeshua, they yes. brought down that dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, right? Messiah yes, Yeshua is available Lord, to everyone, you. right? Um, yes. I think about 
don't know if you, you, any of you follow Pastor J.D. Farag, I think is how you say his last name, in Hawaii. Um, I love him, but he oh, yeah, is. Yeah, you have to, um, let me put his name in there. I'm not familiar with him. Um, his name is Pat Spell. J.D. Okay, I, I didn't hear you. It's J.D. And his last name, I believe, is spelled F-A-R-A-G. But he is um, an Arab Christian who is very pro-Israel. And he's in Hawaii. Um, his family is Lebanese originally. So it's probably likely. I mean, he identifies as being an Arab Christian. But since he's from Lebanon, it's likely that he might have. Um, Pastor J.D., if I'm wrong about this, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, you we know, messed up your name, Pastor J.D. Forgive us. We, we're doing the best we can. But go ahead. Yeah. And also your genealogy. <laughs> but you. Um, you know, if you're from Lebanon and the DNA research is showing that the Lebanese have a high likelihood of having a Canaanite descendant or being descendants of the Canaanites, that's where his family is from. But he is a man of God. He knows his word. He has a prophetic ministry in the sense that he teaches Bible prophecy. Um, he loves the nation of Israel. He's really amazing to watch on. He's got a great YouTube channel. I really recommend him. Um, but I just think about that, like how that's an example of the Lord redeeming, you know, his life is a great example of the Lord redeeming this whole story, uh, similar to Ruth, you know, when we talked yes. about the Moabites, when the Lord redeemed the story of Ruth as a Moabite. Um, so all of these people who are enemies of God here, the Lord's speaking, he's speaking about them as nations. Um, he's not speaking about them as individuals. And so there's always room for the individual to come to faith in the Lord Exactly, because that is an individual choice to receive Yeshua as your Lord and personal Savior. And, you know, any, anybody can do it, even if, you own the, if you're on the list from the land of the enemies of God, God will receive you if you, um, come in, you know, ask him to come into your heart. He really will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, but there is that redemptive story also through you know, through the uh, peoples here as well. Like you can see those different moments where the individuals came to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and um, chose to walk with him. And I think there's a lot of encouragement in that. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Amen. So that this is a good teaching. And as um, everyone, we're really enjoying this series, um, The Enemies of God. We uh, are definitely going to finish all the peoples in Psalms 83. And yeah, so we're halfway we, done now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So we really encourage you to continue to watch this series. And I'm going to give, did you have anything else on that, Callie? On the Psalm? No, I think I covered everything for the Psalm. All right. Well, we're going to do a quick swoop for me to be able to timestamp it. And I will, um, we will go into a little news, okay? Okay. All right, Callie. So what do we have up next, darling? Yeah, so we had some interesting things going on. I think the one I want to talk about first, just because it affected us a little bit personally, was the um, Hanukkah test 
for the schools. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, so, what um, was this the what article was this the um, Ynet Time News? Yes, this is the Ynet News. Okay, so okay, basically, well, I, wait a minute before you go into that. Okay, I've already read the Copyright Act of 1976. Going to put this up here, and what um, we're going to do is we're going to show the article for you. And we're going to put the link to the article in the chat. And we're going to get to it. Okay. Yes, Callie. Let's share our screen here so we can get to the article. All right. So go ahead, Callie. Okay. So, um, we, you know, over here in Israel, we've had a situation where um, they wanted to do antigen tests on the kids when they first returned to school in September. Um, and then they wanted to do the antigen test again when they returned after their break for Sukkot. And they wanted to do the test again <laughs> when they returned um, after Hanukkah. So it's been an interesting thing because back in um, August, it was determined to be illegal for them to do the antigen test as a requirement for entry into school, because basically Israel has laws that say children have a right to education and by law, children are supposed to be at school. So it's kind of twofold. I'm not an attorney, so I don't I'm, I might not be getting the legalese of all this 100 percent accurate, but they deem that to be illegal to require the children to have a test to get into school. So then it came up again at Sukkot and we were kind of like, what, why is this, you know, how's this happening? Because they already decided it was illegal. But what, what we learned at Sukkot was basically that the loophole that the ministry of education or the ministry of health, I'm not sure exactly where this directive is coming from. Um, but they found a little bit of a loophole so that the, um, the provision was only for that first day the children were returning back to school. Anyone returning after that day didn't have to present the test. And it turns out that that held true for this one as well. Um, so that's how they were able to operate in that capacity. <laughs> um, so they sent home or you had to go pick up, depending on your school situation, you, you were either sent home antigen tests for the kids or you had to go out and pick it up. And the news was reporting that um, out of 900,000 potential tests, they received so far online the results for 500,000 tests. And of those 500,000, no, no, no. only five, yeah. only five came back positive or 500 came back positive. <laughs> Um, so I'll tell you just as, a, as an Israeli, I'll tell you kind of what's going on behind the scenes here with this. Um, it's kind of based on an honor system and there's a lot of parents who just aren't doing the test. They're just signing the paper and sending the kids. I mean, I'm sure there's some who are doing the test, but on their social media, most are just you know, signing the form and sending them. So it's not even an accurate assessment about what's going on. Um, but we have opted to not test our kids because we have ethical issues with this. Um, so 
we just waited until the time frame passed and sent them to school after the fact. And um, within the community of those who share our perspective on this, it's been interesting just to see the information that's been shared and the encouragement to do this and um, the encouragement of other families to not to, to do it kind of as a message to the government that we're not okay with this happening. But, you know, part of the reason right. I'm not okay with this happening is I, you know, I'm going to use language that came from a really great article that I read this past week, but this was, this has been my perspective. Um, I, this, the article didn't change my perspective. I'm just borrowing his language because the article was outstanding. So um, there's an article in, um, in the Brown on the Brownstone Institute website called the medical no, objectification. Let's, let, okay. Mm -hmm. You pull that one up. Let me pull up this article so people can. Um, in the Brownstone article. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead, Callie. Yeah. So the article is called the medical objectification. Go ahead, Okay, it's called The Medical Objectification of the Human Person, and it's by Robert um, Freudenthal. And he basically is discussing here how in the last 20 months, um, and he gives some precedent that it's been going on even longer than that, but it, intensely in the last 20 months, rather than us being people who relate to one another, like people in relationship with each other, we've been treated as um objects of infection risk and i loved how he used that terminology that this whole process that we've been going through has been really objectifying and i think that's important because as believers we need to we need to think about the world around us through a biblical lens and and process what's happening through a biblical worldview and what has what is taking place here really is not in line with god's word and his heart for us as people who are created in his image and people who have dignity because we're created in his image. And so Devin and I, we just have felt that this whole process of testing the children before they go into school is exactly what he said. It's objectifying. Um, it's not necessary to test a child who hasn't had known exposures or who doesn't have symptoms. And the burden that that puts on the child is to tell them that you are a potential risk to your community. And we just have not, as parents, that's not something that we've been okay with. We've not been interested in putting that burden on our children. And, um, and we decided that there was, we, we talked about it and we decided that there was three ways we could walk that out. We could either fake the test, like have them spit in a cup and swirl the stick around and do it. But that's still sending them that message that it's necessary to test them because I wasn't going to put it in their nose. You know, the next thing we could do is we could just sign right. a paper because it's totally based on an honor system. But that's a lie. And I wasn't convicted about that. And then the third thing that we could do is we could be upright and truthful and really take a stand for our, our yes. decision, what we believe to be right. And so that's what we've decided to do. We've decided to walk it out in full truth and um to not test and to be open and honest about that because I'm just of the conviction that you can't defeat lies with lies. You have to defeat lies with truth. Um, so that's where we, we exactly. have landed on. Yeah. And it's been interesting to talk to the kids about it too, because they had some questions about 
why they weren't going to school when everyone else went back and what was going on with this. And we told them, honestly, we said, we believe that we are the authority over your healthcare choices, not the government and not the school system. And this is what we're choosing for you. Um, and they are like, okay. And they're like, well, what do we tell our friends? And, and we are like, well, you tell your friends that this is a decision that your parents made for you. <laughs> um, but it was a really nice conversation to have with them. Um, but my article for this month for Save News um, is about living normal in a world of extremes. And that came from, yeah, that came, that came from um, watching a video from an Israeli professor. Um, his name is Restef Levy. He's at MIT and he works in analytics and safety and health systems. And so he addressed Congress recently. Um, and I shared some quotes in my Save News article about this, but one of the things that he says is he says, while it's being called the mainstream narrative, I personally find it very extreme. And I have just kind of latched onto that in the last month, like since I read his article, just that what Devin and I decided for our children is normal. It's not normal to test asymptomatic children who have no known exposure to any disease before they right. get to school. It's not normal. This is not normal behavior. This is political and governmental extremism, public health extremism. That's what this is. Yes. And, so and it's overstepping boundaries. Yes. And so we made a choice to walk in what was normal, not what was extreme. Um, and a lot of us are doing that today and we're being regarded as the extremist. And so my article for right, Save News. The extremist. <laughs> yes. That was my encouragement is that, guys, those of us are holding this line of truth. We are holding this line of normalcy. It's the rest of the world. It's the mainstream narrative. It's the public. And it's health not community. the rest of the world. It's the few yes, that, that, that are the true extremists. Right. Yes. Like that is the extreme. What we're doing is normal. We're holding a line of normal. <laughs> Everything else that's pushing in that direction is extreme. And so that was the message that I left in my article for this month is, Know that you are the normal. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. not a bad thing. Yeah. So that was kind of a big thing that was just going on here. Um, just that test process and how people were choosing to walk that out. Um, and so I wanted to share a little bit about where we were on that and the wisdom that the Lord gave us prayerfully. Um, and just how we've chosen to do that. Yeah. That's great because... You know, and, and what you said was very important is for us to remain in truth because, see, God mm -hmm. can't bless us in our decisions if we're lying, whether our right. intentions are correct. But if you would have lied rather than being truthful, God can't get in the midst of that and work miracles and bless. It. Well, he can, but he won't. Yeah, Right. And you're still complying you know, you with the system. Truthful. And plus yeah. you would have been teaching your children the wrong thing. And that's to lie. Right. And the, and we want them to have strong backbones. You know, we're, we're teaching them to stand in truth. You know, that's, yes. that was our goal. And integrity. Is, yeah. And integrity. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. So. Exactly. We have <laughs> one. Uh, I, so, so everybody is, as you decide what you want to do with your life for you and your children, 
just remain in truth, the truth of mm -hmm. God and God will stand with you. He will bless you. He will fight for you. He will defend you. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, when you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what you say. <laughs> right. You just tell the truth. You know, it speak for itself. Let the truth speak for itself. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So um, we're off of that subject, are we? Yeah. We have one that's more it. topic to cover, right? Yeah, right, we can. One more topic. Um, Y'all going to show a little clip? Okay, yeah, so um, the other topic that I just wanted to touch on um, is the Gaza wall. I think this is pretty big news. Um, yes. So ever since the um, the conflict that we had, the, um, oh goodness, Operation Protective Edge from 2014, uh, Israel has been working on the construction of a wall that goes around Gaza and it's both above ground and below ground and they just completed it. So that's really actually good news in terms of Israel's security. The reason that they decided to build this is because um, Hamas was digging tunnels under the border into Israel and um, using them for purposes of war. So we have this wall now that extends below ground and it wraps 40 miles around Gaza and into the sea. Uh, it took three years to complete it. And it ended up costing um, 3.5 billion shekels, which is 1.1 billion US dollars. Um, but they just completed it. it has, it's made from steel and concrete and it has sensors on it so they can monitor activity. So hopefully this will be a good thing to um, help protect Israel and to uh, keep us out of a time of war um, to keep the enemies of God <laughs> from entering under entering into Israel via underground passages. So I think this is. <laughs> well, that's, that's the natural. What happens in the It's the what? What happens in the person that joined in the spirit? God is a protector, right? This is a physical. Yes, this yes. is a physical reminder for the enemy to say, "Hey, oh, you know, okay, there's a wall." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those things too, where this was done solely to protect the people of Israel. It was not done to harm the people of Gaza, because <laughs> that's how it will be spun inevitably like the propaganda will spin it as them being in a cage or whatever. Um, this is because they were tunneling underground and we can't tolerate that. We can't allow that to happen. Um, so I think this is great. It's one of those measures where unfortunate, it's unfortunate that it has to happen, but when we take, when we put up boundaries in order to prevent conflict, um, inevitably it will save lives. So I think that's, that's good. And, I've been following this for a bit, just, you know, as an architect, it's been interesting to me just to see what they were doing. So I'm very happy that the project was completed. Yeah. So that's basically all I have. Yeah. And, and you said something. Yeah. And you said something very important and that was putting up boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. there has to 
to be boundaries that are established. Um, and the boundaries of that is that um, this is where you allowed to come in or where you allowed to enter. You cannot go further than this. You are now encroaching mm -hmm. and we have the right to mm -hmm. defend ourselves. So um, it's very, very important. It's just amazing. You see everything, you know, even relating back to the teaching um, from today. Um, <laughs> what's mm -hmm. happening in, this, in the world, you can see an alignment of similarities. And, and putting up boundaries, you know, those people mm -hmm. on the other side, the people that's on the other side of that wall are the thorns. <laughs> Not yes. all of them, but uh, they're the thorns and you try. Yeah, to they're acting as like a thorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And the same with the school yes. situation here. You know, it's an invasion of the parent child. It, it, you know, it's, an, it's encringing on the boundary there of the family, you know, like they're intruding on my role as a parent to make healthcare related decisions for my children. You know, same idea, like you have to put up boundaries, you have to recognize where someone is trespassing in, Ooh, in yes, a way that honey, come on, Callie, trespassing. Yeah. Trespassing. Yeah, like you are trespassing. You don't have jurisdiction in this area. <laughs> you know, and I'm just gonna say no, you know. I'm just going to stand and say, no, like this is as far as you get to go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed Save News TV today. What's going on in Israel? Uh, we'll be back next week with the um, teaching. Uh, who's our yeah. people next week, Callie? Oh, next week. Let me see. Let me see. Next week and will be Amman, the Ammonites. Yes, and we hope you all uh, enjoy and come back next week for the Enemies of God series mm -hmm. on what's going on in Israel. It, the Ammonites uh, will be yeah. the topic of discussion next week, and we'll also bring some news if we have it, but the news yeah. will be at the end. We always uh, have our teaching, but we want to thank everybody for joining us. Again, we bless you. Remember, God is married to the backslider. So if you have left him, return back to him. And if you don't know him, um, ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord. You sure to come into your heart and be your Lord and personal savior. We encourage you so much. We love you all so much. And we thank you so, so very much. We thank you for your prayers as we are praying for you. Um, I'm going to, here's the email address, or you, of course, you can contact us on social media in the inbox. Um, but this is the email, uh, address if you need a prayer and I need to update the new list. Um, just pray for me at savenews.com and, um, we love you ever so much. And as always, you all have a very blessed and prosperous day, life. We bless you in the name of Yeshua, that the blessings of God be upon you, that the hedge of protection be around you, and the anointing flow from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet and infill your body. And we bless you. We love you. Shabbat Shalom, Callie. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> Getting bored? Want to enjoy some relaxing music? 
Do you need to get updated with all the latest news, but don't have enough time to watch TV for hours? Or do you need to get your praise and worship on? We have your solution to your problem. SaveNewsRadio.com got everything you need. Listen to SaveNewsRadio.com filled with praise and worship 24-7 everywhere in your home, laptop, or tablet, on your phone, in your car, and on Alexa. Install the Save News Radio skill on Alexa and then just say, Alexa, launch Save News Radio. The beautiful, uplifting sounds of praise and worship music, ministries, news, and more. SaveNewsRadio.com created to glorify God and edify the body of Christ. Tune in to Save News TV on Roku to watch these editions and more. Apostle Sevilla Purcell. Well, hello, welcome. I'm Dr. Sevilla Purcell, and I'm so excited to be here with you today with a new you. Yes, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of pain, in the midst of situations that seem so hard that there seems that there is no solution. But in the midst of everything that you have, I came to bring you a message. There's a new you. There's a new you coming. Amen. Evangelist No Man Jenny. That your dreams are not tied up in your boo, your boo thing, your bae, your spouse, your ba- your, your uh, wifey, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm good, Tiff. Um, I am. I'm real good. Um, but we need to um, herald this message. Make sure you like and share. Um, because we need to tell everybody in the spirit of transparency that our dreams and our visions, our goals, our ambitions are not tied up in our relationships with another person. These and much more on Save News TV on Roku. Roku. 